This is the Epilogue audio experience. You know, and in that set, we were just mingling with everybody. It, it's not really, the movies that I have done are not really those movies where you go hide in a caravan and don't talk to anybody. It's like you go to the one person's house and you have lunch there. And instead of thinking of it as, oh, how am I supposed to do this? Think of it like, well, that's a new experience. It might be fun. Get an animal and we don't see a friend anymore. I mean, let's be honest. We're all not working just for passion. Passion is one thing, but we do have to put other things. We have to have the practicalities of life. Hello and welcome to the Passion People Podcast. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 28. And I'm your host, Naga. The Passion People Podcast chronicles stories of people who follow their passion and make it manifest in tangible ways. So you can get inspired and one step closer to what it is that you're passionate about. If this is the first time that you're listening to the podcast, you can start here or any episode that catches your attention. Today, we are in conversation with Vasundara. She is an actress in the Tamil film industry, also known as Hollywood. She has acted in over 13 movies from 2006 and there are a couple more on the way. As a part of the episode, we understand what Vasundara's passion is, how she broke into the acting scene, casting versus inbound inquiries to get an acting role, how a film is made, the key skills required to be an actor, and so much more. Let's dive in. Good to start recording now. Yes, my screen just turned red. Okay. Yeah, it's recording. Yes. So, Vasundra, thank you so much for making time uh, to be on the Passion People podcast. I'm excited to be here. Honestly, there was really nothing else to do. I'm just sitting and waiting for them to say you can go out again. <laughs> I don't know when that's going to happen though. If it does, I'm imagining, I'm, I'm unfortunately listening to a lot of apocalyptic science fiction and this is just not the time to do it, but I can't stop myself. It's, it's, it's just, it's terrifying. I'm terrified. I can imagine. But like uh, like I was telling you the other day also, I think uh, terrified is a good reaction to have, right? Because you need your audience to be moved by the content that, uh, that, that they're listening to. So clearly you're yeah. listening, you're watching I'm or listening to some stuff. good stuff. Yeah, I'm listening <laughs> yeah. to the phenomenon right now. It's, it's just, yeah, you should listen to it. It's terrifying. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah. A good place to start for this podcast is, you know, maybe you can take us back on a journey in time and uh, you can tell us what your passion is and how you got here. To be extremely honest, I'm not really, uh, I didn't really start my career thinking it's my passion. I was in my final year in school, I was in 12th and I had just, there was this opportunity that my, that we saw in the paper to do Miss Chennai and I just did that and I was one of the finalists and it my, my picture had come in the paper and the director who called me at the time, uh, Director Charan, just said that the way you speak and your attitude is pretty much exactly the character I had in mind. So why don't you just come do it? And at the time I was not sure what I wanted to do. I wanted to study literature, but I wanted to do accountancy. I just, I really was not aware of what my next step was. So I completely got into it this by loop. But from day one, I sort of fell in love with the job. Considering the role was exactly my personality, I didn't really have to do any acting. I was just being myself. So it wasn't much work. But later on, I discovered that 
oh i actually enjoy this i i'm looking forward to coming to work every day my friends would be complaining about going to college or the older friends would be complaining about going to work but i was just excited to get up in the morning and just go to shoot so i i thought that okay maybe maybe this is what passion is and you're happy to be going to work every day that's passion right uh, so you've been in acting for a, for a few years now right and you've done like a bunch of bunch of movies and uh, i think the latest was bakreed yeah the latest was bakreed yes i really could not wrap my head around uh, the person that you are like for the short duration that i know you and the character that you did on the in the movie because <laughs> it it yeah. was a little bit more uh, backward and a little bit more it's it's not the city girl character that could be easy to do i don't know if it's easy to do or not but it just seemed city like city girl is very... actually i i honestly don't know myself which is easier to do i think it depends <laughs> right Uh, I guess the question is uh, you're one of the finalists of Miss Chennai and you you started off your first movie and so did did all the other enquiries also come to you or uh, did you also have to go through the traditional route of uh, applying for a movie or casting and stuff like that That really doesn't work that's not how it works in in cinema over here it, it's not the traditional westernized process of hey there's an audition why don't you come there's no such thing like that it's just like somebody sees your film and they call you that is how it's always worked for me Okay. So it's all inbound leads. Yeah, it's all inbound. It's it's I I wish it was easier. I wish there was just some place where you know, I wish there was like some sort of actors either where they just say, you know, that here are here are the auditions that are happening. These are the kind of characters they're looking at and then you go in audition and you get the role. That's not how it works here. In my entire career I've done about four auditions. That's it. And all those four were sort of like two of them had already signed the film and then they were like, "No, just just do an audition now ke vaaste." <laughs> I was like wait I've already signed the project. They're like yeah yeah we know we have already announced it but you know let's just do it. I was like okay. Okay. Cool. Hmm. It was more like a screen test than an audition. So it's not really the traditional uh, way of going to an audition and getting the role it's more like somebody sees your film they think you will fit another film and then they call you for it and considering I am not a very extroverted person it's easier for me. I'm I'm cool with this method. When you say that that's not how um, film works here for the listeners who don't know you what region are you referring to? referring to Kollywood Tamil cinema. Okay. I I've done a Telugu movie as well but uh, that was also actually a very similar process. But even in Bollywood I think there's a lot of casting uh, that happens right? I think you're one of the good good ones that's why you don't need to do any of this and you get all the enquiries or is it is that how the entire uh, Kollywood works? I don't know if I'm one of the good ones. I cannot say that. I'll have to ask the people I've worked with, but It's just that's just how it works even the other people who are cast it's only for the you know the really small roles that require some intense work you know the side character that comes in throws the whole story apart for like 5 minutes all of those roles are usually auditioned because it's usually a new actor but i think right. once you establish that you are you've done a couple of films i don't think people really do auditions unless it's a very difficult role i'm hoping that changes i'm really hoping that changes because it opens the door to so many people who are undiscovered talents I mean we wouldn't have half the cast of Game of Thrones if auditions had not been part of the process right right yeah so i think that auditioning actually opens the doors to so many people who are good at their job but maybe don't really know how to get in and mm-hmm. we would just have such a much bigger variety of cinema and characters here if that was the process but it it each each industry i guess it works differently right and i guess that's where um, creator friendly platforms like uh, youtube or 
Patreon and stuff like this really come into play because yeah, yeah. then you can showcase the talent that you think you have yeah. and did really just allowing the audience or the algorithm whichever you however you want to put it to decide on whether or not you're going to be successful because like obviously there've been people who've uh, who've used this route as well yeah i know and, and a lot of people have been discovered through various youtube channels and comedy channels and it's it's actually quite nice it's pleasant to see people who are so good at what they do and so passionate about what they do you know come up in a way they should so in in terms of the entire acting process right so can can you walk us through like a typical project how how the whole thing works from start to end well since i'm not really involved with the pre production process unless there is like training or something like that or something different okay. you're going to do usually come in when they are doing the casting they usually narrate the script they if you ask for it obviously they tell you a one line and if you ask for detail they will narrate your portion in detail and then the script in detail it depends on mm-hmm. each director each each person each each person is different and then i guess they might want you to go through some lines they might give you a bound script to read or they might say some directors actually come and write the dialogue on the spot they don't write the dialogue beforehand i've worked with some really amazing directors who'll just change the whole thing around and it'll work out better you know? wow yeah so some of them just write it on the spot and it's it's interesting to watch them work but at that point they'll be like yo this is the line you will get your lines on the day of shoot and then i guess is a waiting period between the discussion and the signing and the shooting sometimes it happens the next day sometimes it happens four months from now it's just since most of the films are done are village films it just usually involves traveling to some remote location and right mingling with the people there and you know like it's it, there's a line in tamil i don't know if it translates well it's like being one with the people you can tell us the line okay i, I no need i don't <laughs> It's okay we uh, we have a lot of people who listen in from Chennai so I think they'll appreciate it. Yeah so uh, the people who are one with the mud like uh, like manoda or onna iruka irukkara people oda vandu mix pandradha. It's like since a lot of the films have done especially now the last film Bakreed was a movie about a farmer who did not want to give up his his land he did not want to give up his land and right, sell right. it and make money out of rent and just start a shop somewhere so he lives a comfortable life he wanted to follow in his father's footsteps he wanted to keep the farming tradition alive and at the same time he's one of those kind hearted people who cannot under any circumstances see another thing get hurt so he wants to save that little cap he wants to you know and in that set we were just mingling with everybody it, it's not really the movies that i have done are not really those movies where you go hide in a caravan and don't talk to anybody it's like you go to the one person's house and you have lunch there and another person like no no you have to have chai with me come to my house after you're done with this shot it's it's very pleasant and it, as a process of shooting each movie is different so i'm just giving you how bakreed worked so okay. with bakreed um we signed the movie there was a waiting period with a lot of permissions to get from the government to bring the camel to chennai from mm. rajasthan the producer actually purchased three camels and just like in the story the baby wouldn't come without the mother and there's one camel the middle one the grown up the one you see in the second half of the film Uh, right. so he purchased all three camels he hired a trainer he hired a camel keeper and he hired a truck a giant truck driver to bring the camel here he's bought the food for it he hired a veterinarian he just he did everything perfectly legally and perfectly within animal rights and you know satisfying all the laws of livestock mm-hmm. and it took about a month to bring the camel here and after that we had another month of getting to know the camel because 
it's a very um, finicky animal. It, it scares easy. So okay. we had to uh, get the camel to know us. We were told not to use perfumes, not to use any scented products because the camel has to get to know our smell. Oh. Yeah, and we had to go walk it every day and play with it, feed it, like take care of it, just chill with it. There were times when you'd be sitting next to the camel, leaning on it and just having a conversation, having chai, having biscuits, whatever. And we'd be talking. Uh -huh. So it was like a half a day every single day of going at five o'clock in the morning to give it food and water and do all of that stuff and then leaving after lunch. Because after that, it'll start chilling. So it, it, wow. it was about a whole month of this. I took about 15 days and the hero, Vikrant, um, took about 30 days. And then we went to shoot and we had to finish everything in one uh, shot because we only had so many days. Within three months, we had to return the camel. So we had to finish everything within a three-month, whatever, 100-day period, I think it was. The next part is actually the camel traveling to Rajasthan and we just did the shoot on the way. So it was actually going back and that, that was yeah. the shoot that you guys yeah. did. Yeah, for the entire second half, you will see that it's just, you know, that was the whole process for Bakreed. And then once everything was done, the camel was returned, they came back and they went through the footage and they were like, okay, there are here certain portions where the camel is not really necessary. So let's shoot all of these portions after we're done with that. Okay. Yeah, and for this movie, they were like, you have to put on weight. You don't look like a village mother. And they made the hero put on a massive amount of weight. He's an extremely sporty person and he had to get a small tummy. And he was like, this is so hard. This this movie in particular was massive fun to work with because it, it, it because of all the mingling we did beforehand, it didn't feel, have that formal shooting vibe. Right. It just was like, hey, what's up? Let's hang out. It, that, that was the vibe in the entire film. Uh -huh. And you're just hanging out with the camel. like Yeah, I know. No and I did not get it. kicked by it. So I consider that a win. Some other people did. I did not. So yeah, I'm I'm just very happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess that, so if I have to break it down, uh, so the first part is just signing on the, the agreement or the contract that you have with the producer. Yeah, yeah. And then the second part is actually doing the shoot once uh, the signing is done and th this could be like a few months or a couple of days after yeah. you've done the signing and they then do a puja after that you actually with everybody right so, of course yeah. of course there's a puja yeah, yeah. it's fun <laughs> i get sweets so yeah <laughs> you have your priority right the puja part because there are a lot of sweets involved i'm like yes i'm coming to the puja however far it is <laughs> you have your priorities right <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So then there's a, there's a uh, there's a puja and there's a, after that you get into character, right? That's that's what you're mentioning about chilling with the camel. It's more of a training thing because uh, each director will want it differently. For example, for Porali, the director told me that I have to ride a bullock cart, handle two cows, and I have to do my own stunts. And he will not tell me anything else about the role beforehand, but that I am probably not going to smile in the film. Okay. Was that hard? It was very hard because not many women do their own stunts over here. And I've not seen too many female stunt actors, performers, whatever, stunt women. Mm -hmm. One of the portions was I have to run, leap over a parked cart, bullock cart, and mm -hmm. slam midair into a guy. Oh, this guy is a trained fighter. I just flew off him and landed on the floor. And I was like, wait, what just happened? Did I run into a wall? And then everybody came running and, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? Yes, yes, I'm fine. I can't stand up for a while, but I, I think I'll be alive. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it, each one is different. For Porali, he just told me that on the set, he'll tell me what he wants. For Bakreed, mm -hmm. I was informed not to do any sort of preparation because the director knows exactly what he wants and he will tell me exactly what he wants. 
Okay. And then Mirka Purva Kartra, which I did with Vijay Sethupadi, he told me that he'll point, he pointed out a couple of girls in the village and sort of told me to copy their body language. Hmm. And uh, each each film is different. For the more commercial films, it's not really much of preparation because it's just you're just part of the character. It's just a city girl. Mm-hmm. But for some, you're playing something you're not used to. I've I had never been to a village before. I saw one at shoot. For me, it was a bit of preparation for these kind of roles. So each one is different. You don't really get into character unless the director specifically, explicitly tells you that you have to watch these films. change your body language like this etc 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 some directors will tell you not to wax your mustache don't do your eyebrows don't do your nails don't wax your hands i want you to look like a proper village girl and you have to do all of those things so in terms of the preparation the preparation phase or just getting into the character phase yes. what which characters do you find the most difficult is it the ones which character in the movie is not really in sync with your natural personality my natural personality is an introvert so most characters are not my natural personality <laughs> nobody makes movies about introverts let's be very honest no i find the village films a little easier to perform because um i i grew up being a tomboy and one of the biggest difficulties i have is being graceful you know what i mean right the typical feminine grace so i find the village roles a bit easier to do because they are very matter of fact there are no delicate airs that are put on for those characters you don't have to be pouting you don't have to have flouncy hair you can just be completely yourself because there are more important things there are more pressing matters like food is more important than getting your nails done you know you know what i mean <laughs> i i'm not saying anything bad about the city roles each character is different but the roles i play in a village they'll be like you don't do your nails village girls don't care about your nails they care about making the next meal for their family that's what i have been instructed so i don't do my right. nails i just go there and i'm like okay fine i have to focus on the cooking right now it's it's just easier when you have explicit instructions because when you play a city girl they expect you to be all feminine and glamorous and modern and all of that and i'm like what <laughs> someone tell me how to do this <laughs> you know so, and, yeah so for for the ones where uh, the directors are a little bit more impromptu so how how do you prepare yourself because you said that you know they'll just tell you to ride a bullock cart or do your own stunts but what this means also is that you need to be very versatile in terms of adjusting with like working with different people yeah. and putting on a different face for for a different movie so my questions are twofold how how do you prepare yourself when there's so much variety or the demands that are placed on you are so varied and then the second one is does portraying someone else's personality somehow does that also rub off on your own personality Yeah it does. I am one of those people who if I speak to a friend of mine who is say in Ireland for the next 2 hours I'll be copying a bit of his accent. <laughs> it just like I don't sponge. know how to stop it. Yeah, I don't know how to stop it. People people to say that I'm that I'm faking it. I'm like I can't stop it. You think I want to sound like I have a cold but I'm trying to be a you know foreigner. <laughs> I don't even do a good accent that's what I mean. I mean. It's just this random rolling r's that I just keep you know and if it's australian that pops up so uh-huh. um i do i i it does rub off on me but thankfully it doesn't last too long it just lasts for the duration of the shoot uh, okay so that is easier the the first part i'm not i'm not like vidya balan or something for me to give you any any things i'm just going to say i just wing it okay so they come and say ride a bullock cart i'm like okay how and they'll be like you have to hold this you have to do high and you know you have to move this in a certain way you have to move the whatever reins in a certain way i'm like okay 
Yeah. So it's, it, I don't really have any advice. You just have to be mentally prepared that you might have to do something that day that you don't want to do or you've mm-hmm. not done before. Mm-hmm. Instead of thinking of it as, oh, how am I supposed to do this? Think of it like, well, that's a new experience. Yeah. It might be fun. And if I fail, there are a few fighters around me who will grab me off the pull apart. So you know what Got I mean. It. At the end of the day, you, I will most probably be safe. So you can try new things. or And you can try new things and get paid doing it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that when you're doing something that's particularly difficult, like you're doing your own stunts, it is easier to do it when there is somebody around who will tell you how to be safe rather than just winging it. Right. I mean, running from Got a it. tiger in a village, in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a forest is, the danger is real, but running from a CG tiger is not real. <laughs> but you still have the rush. Right. So what what happens after? So so you're done so you're done filming and the, the, the process is complete. And so you said that at least for uh, Bakrid, there was certain portions that got reshot, right? So I guess they'll do some uh, some kind of uh, quality control and then they'll say, okay, these are the uh, shots that have not come out properly and then we do that again? Yeah, they do something called a patchwork schedule. Okay. Where they, uh, where they remove the portion where that has not been shot properly. Sometimes there might be something in the background that's not correct. Sometimes the footage might be corrupted. And it's just usually three, four days depending on the film. If it's not really a fight sequence, then it's just two, three days. And they just shoot that portion alone with a very minimal team. And it's just like, you, it's it's quite fast because you have to change between different, different clothes. Saying, okay, there was one close-up there that was missed. Let me just quickly do my makeup and come running. And hmm. that's just like, within 20 minutes, you're done with the shot and you have to run back and change again. So it's, it's, it's just very fast work. So what happens after? Afterwards, it's just a lot of waiting because... One of the most difficult things, like your episode with the director, Ashwin, he said that's a lot of waiting. You don't know what's happening. So it's just sitting. It's like you, you've done this amazing project and you want the whole world to see this and, and experience the joy that you did. But you just have to sit and wait for months and months while the post-production happens. And it's, it's, it's really, really hard. But then one day they'll be like, all of it is done. You just have to come for your dubbing. And mm. you're, you're excited because that means the release date is coming closer. Another surge of energy, another Joshan. You have to do the dubbing and then if they don't like your voice, they change it. So what does that mean? Yeah, we don't do live sound. Oh. Because we shoot in a lot of live locations with a lot of villagers around. You can't ask the villagers to stop their life for your film. <laughs> like there'll be somebody feeding the cows next door and there'll be somebody doing something else nearby and There'll be somebody who doesn't know the language who's acting in the film who'll be getting prompts off camera. And mm-hmm. all of that will get recorded. It's not going to, you know. Oh, so so the entire audio is redone. Yeah, yeah. The entire audio is redone. And you do the dubbing and all the sound, the re-recording. And then it is, that's, that's the portion that I am involved in since I'm not really uh, on the direction side. I'm an actor. So I come right. back in for the dubbing and again, after that, they'll again check the sound and see if there's anything else after re-edit and they'll check to see if you have to do any more dubbing. They might remove a scene, they might put in another scene. It sounds boring and for an outsider it is, but for, for us, it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah, that's because you have the rush of, yeah. uh, you know, seeing yourself on screen and, and getting paid, I think. Or do you get paid before as well as after? I don't really think I get a rush from seeing myself on screen. I'm, I'm an extremely critical person. I'm like, yeah, my nose looks too big here. <laughs> yeah, he should not have done the scene like this. I am a very extremely critical person. I get more of a panic attack than a rush. But the actual process of acting is fun. Hmm. Yeah. 
No, we get everybody gets paid in schedules. It depends on each schedule because it takes so much time. What does that mean? So does it mean that you get a percentage when you sign on, and then a percentage yeah, when yeah. you complete yeah, it, and yeah. a percentage when you do a dubbing, and then so uh, yeah, like, pretty much exactly like that. Exactly what you said. If it's a single schedule film, that's how it works. And if it's a different schedule, it depends on the smaller uh, chunks of uh, the payments. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And the a lot uh, of people don't also, get paid. That is also there. A lot of people act for the sake of it rather than as a job. The for the exposure. Yeah. Not not for the exposure. There are some people who just want to be like my life's dream is to come into this film and just do one film and go away, and they don't want payment. You know, those are the people who are actually really passionate about it. Have you ever done any movies like that? No, I'm not. I I believe that every single creative should be paid their due. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> and I yes. think that is an extremely underrated field, an undercredited field. And every single creative around the world should get that you, however small they are, however big they are. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I totally agree with you. I guess it all depends on on the circumstance, on the economy, and all of that. But at the end of the day, I do think that everybody, including the producers who are spending so much money investing in a, an idea to bring a film to people, everybody should get that. For the latter part, so after the dubbing, then uh, do do you, are you you're also part of the marketing activities for the movie, right? Yeah, it depends on each film and the uh, amount of uh, commercialness that is there in the film. For example, mm-hmm. a a bigger commercial film will do a whole whirlwind of activity for like a week, whereas a smaller mm-hmm. film has to, and that'll usually be in television and stuff like that. Whereas smaller films would mostly stick to online and you know whatever is. Yeah. much more that has more reach in a sense mm-hmm. and and is actually also affordable so films like bakri we did a small combination of both because this is more of a while it it's a film that has commercial aspects it is also a film that it speaks about i my director's exact words where we look at an animal and we don't see a friend anymore and we should <laughs> see a friend right you know and that was his whole outlook he wanted to speak about the the pleasures of living small of living a slow paced life with your family and your you know and films like this usually without all the commercial aspects the major commercial aspects you know what i mean a kickass song or kickass fight sequence without all of these things is 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 the marketing has to be done in a different way so right. every single bit depends on the yeah, actual film but yeah we are involved in the marketing um bakri's audio release happened online Mm-hmm. There's another film I did uh, where I did a small guest role recently. Uh, the audio release was humongous, and you know it was it was launched in a very big way. So it it, it depends on how the people who are in charge on top decide to take. And then the the film gets released, and then do you also get paid like a percentage of the uh, profits or something <laughs> like that, or is that something that is only aspirational? No, it is never going to happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just never going to happen. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, we don't get that. It's just after the film releases it's more of a hope that the audience will understand the amount of work you've put in and just I mean let's be honest, we're all not working just for passion. Passion is one thing, but we do have to put other things. We have to have the practicalities of life are also there. So, yep. the hope is that the audience will like the film enough for you to continue working in this field and not have to quit and take up a regular job, which a lot of people have done even though they are immensely talented just because a film did not do well enough so after the film i would be happier if i just got a good audience response rather than a percentage of the film to be even if that even if it was a possibility i would prefer a good audience response what what are the other uh, kind of opportunities that you get from being on screen because 
your uh, you you now have like your own personal brand as well right so what what are some of the other things that someone who is an actor can do i'm not really a commercial actor i have done a few commercial films but i have not really had that you know 100 day hit type thing mm-hmm. i have done uh, slightly more uh, intense in artistic roles so mm. i don't necessarily have a personal brand my outlook is more about i my next role should be something that excites me that is the only opportunity you get from films unless you are ridiculously successful there isn't really much else you can get from this uh, from this field i mean yeah you do get sponsorships a lot of the other people they they've gotten sponsorships they get invited to events and there's a lot of that but i guess it depends on what you're trying to achieve in this in this if you're trying to build a personal brand so you can grow and get to do everything that you want to do then that's the way to go for me i just want to keep acting and have fun doing it so i've not really tried to do anything else. i probably should it's it's a smart thing the roles i want to do are something a little bit more real something mm. gritty something that makes a difference in somebody's life i don't want to do a role that even if it is a commercial role it should be the kind of film that makes you happy the kind of film mm-hmm. you watch again and again the feel good film you watch when you're feeling down you know those are the kind of roles that i want to do whatever role i do should make a intense positive impact intense slash positive impact in someone's life right that's 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 the kind of goals i'm looking for it's not specifically say i'm not looking for a village role i'm not looking to be a biker in a film none of that i'm just mm-hmm. looking to do something that makes a difference to somebody even if it is just for that two hour period got it yeah got it so what has been your uh, biggest surprise in terms of what what was something that happened while you were at work that that you never expected positive or negative a lot of miscommunications happen which mm-hmm. uh, it's not really a big thing it's but it's something that happens regularly enough to every single person in the industry that it it does seem like yeah i was expecting this yep okay here i go here's my backup you know mm. uh, for example once um i there was a scene where i had to be thrown into something that is breakable and i said listen we have another 10 days of shoot if i get injured i cannot do those 10 days because i will end up in hospital I thought there was supposed to be a fight master here. You said he, he they were like yeah he's coming tomorrow we just finished the scene today I'm like that is glass. You want me to be thrown on glass. And yeah but it's really sturdy glass but the conversation went back and forth. This was with some assistant director and he unfortunately I think there was a miscommunication because he was trying to make it in the industry and did not know the language. So mm-hmm. I am 100% sure I did not understand what he's saying and he did not understand what I was saying. So the the communication that that went to the director was she's refusing to do the scene and I was like no 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 that's that's not what I said and then the producer called me and I was like wait 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 I said I'll do the scene when the fight monster comes let's do some other scene today I don't want to die and the producer was like oh okay sorry there was a miscommunication okay we'll you can do the scene tomorrow and the director was like wait what that's that's the whole problem and and there was confusion for like 25 minutes and then everything settled down. Right. But in those 25 minutes you're panicking thinking wait what why is why, why is everybody what what's happening so yeah this happens in every single set with every single actor somebody says something you know it's like that game where you sit in a circle and one person whispers something and another person's ear and by the time it reaches the first person it's completely different <laughs> it's like that game where you say okay I'll do this but tomorrow because it's dangerous and then it comes back as completely something else right yeah because I don't think the person I was speaking to understood that I was asking for the fight master 
he was just uh-huh. he, i he, i think he only understood the words fight master because that's the only word that was in a common language oh yeah so there was a whole bit of miscommunication it's it's something that's unavoidable in i think in every industry actually absolutely and especially where uh, there are multiple people involved i think the scope for this happening just increases manifold yeah. as the number of people increase then the message yeah. gets diluted i feel so as we conclude right i have like two final questions for you one is what advice would you have for someone who wants to become an actor and the second thing is how how does it feel to be on uh, the passion people podcast it's a lot of fun to be on the passion people podcast i've been listening to a lot of episodes since we spoke and i've really enjoyed them it's nice to know how every single field works and how pretty much all of them have the same difficulties even though they are completely different in in what they do including right. the co- from the right from the coffee uh, the what is that the coffee roaster yeah, yeah right from the coffee roaster to the theater actor every single person has something different but the struggle at the end of the day is all the same it it sort of makes you feel united with people that you've never even met mm-hmm. so i really enjoy being here and it's it's really an honor so thank you for having me as for the advice have a degree have a degree in something that will be able that you will be able to go back to even if you have a big gap in your career and then try in the industry because this industry hard work and talent sustain you but luck is what will get you in first like director ashwin said he had a two year limit so yeah. always have that that time period in your mind or or have some sort of backup so you know you don't make mistakes you don't really panic thinking oh my god if i say no to this small role will i get another role you mm. know what i mean just do the roles that you want to do and you will be able to do that without panicking if you have a backup right this is advice i wish i had known 10 years back so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah fantastic uh, thanks for sundra thank you so much Thanks for tuning into the show. We appreciate you taking the time out for this. If you like what you heard, please share this with a few friends and leave a review rating on your favorite podcaster. This will help more people learn about the podcast. Until next time, this is Kritika from the Passion People podcast wishing you a wonderful week ahead. Stay passionate. Cheers.